This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. American Glutton Podcast has a Patreon. Do you hate commercials? Well, we've got a Patreon. Do you want bonus episodes? That's on the Patreon. Do you want to hang out and chat in our Discord channel? That's part of the Patreon, too. We even have an option where you can leave me voicemails. All on the Patreon. So check it out today. Patreon.com slash American Glutton. We have a Patreon. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glutton. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. I hate to ask you to do anything, but if you're enjoying the show... Please take a moment to like, subscribe, rate, review, all of the above on whatever app you're getting it from. American Glutton is brought to you by Trifecta. I used to sit and count my calories every single day, and then I would have to cook, and it was a long and arduous, time-consuming process. I don't do that anymore because I have Trifecta, who does all that work for me. They count all my calories, they separate the fats, the proteins, the carbohydrates, they tell me exactly how much it is, and they cook it for me too. And then they ship it to my house, and I rip open a package and I eat the food, and it is delicious. I save so much time and energy by using Trifecta, I couldn't begin to express how happy I am to have them as a sponsor for this show. My guest today is Maj Torre. He is an American political activist and rapper. He created the group Black Guns Matter and now runs the Solutionary Lifestyle. You can find Maj at Big Daddy Torre on Instagram. Maj Ture, welcome to the American Glutton Podcast. What's up, man? Thanks for having me. Long time. Thanks Appreciate for, me. Yeah, thanks for doing this. It's I mean, I'm excited to talk to you. I uh 
I've been following you for a long time. I really respect what you do. I started knowing about you because you did gu uh, gun education, firearm education, yeah. which I think like regardless of how somebody feels about firearms or not, I think everybody kind of agrees like more education, the better, you know, you, you, yeah. you get a reduction in, um, in a, in a lot of the things that we think of as tragedies associated with firearms, which right. is very little education. In fact, you know, yeah. um, and then I heard you were doing, you were working on, on health. And I was like, what is this? We got to talk about this. So I yeah. can't wait to hear what you're, what you're doing. Yeah. When we, when we started with black guns matter, um, that was in like 2015 going into the 2016 election. And you know how every couple of years, especially in first, if you don't live in a gated rich community, you live in a hood. That's just what it is. Um, and there's more hoods than gated rich communities. So whatever hood you live in, in the hood, every September is October, you're going to start hearing voters registration drive, voters registration drive, wherever you land on that spectrum, you're going to hear it. So we started hearing it and we was like, yo, bro, we need a like a, a gun owner's drive. We need a license to carry drive. And it started like kind of like as a joke. And then after a while, we was kind of like, nah, bro, like we actually should do this. So we started as one. It was going to be one event. And, you know, our thing was like, yeah, we're, you know, at that same time, Black Lives Matter is an organization which had spawned out of the Ferguson movement. I think it was very organic then. Huge shouts to D Darren Seals, who was one of the original um, founders of the Ferguson movement that morphed into um, the Black Lives Matter movement. Now, when I say that, I want the listeners to understand that that phrase is a legitimate phrase, but it got co-opted and turned into something else. Um, even Darren Seals, who was murdered, um, shot twice in the head and his car set on fire. Jeez. Actually, like I think maybe four or five of the original six or seven founders of the Ferguson movement, I think three or four of those guys were also murdered, um, which is like super weird. The, the Ferguson Police Department isn't even investigating their deaths. They call them suicides. But anywho, um, it turned into that. And so our conversation was, well, if you believe that black life matters, you shouldn't have a problem with black guns. You shouldn't have a problem with, um, you know, communities, any community having a firearm to defend themselves against what we're now calling tyranny, what we're at that time we were called, you know, it was a lot of police brutality, you know, at least, you know, in the in the public eye. So we did this event and um, we thought like 30 people were going to show up. <laughs> it was like 30 people to show up. It's like 300 people showed up and it was beautiful because we fed people. And um, that's how Black Guns Matter started. And everybody's like, yo, you got to do this again. You And so. Fast forward a few years, we've trained. I don't, I don't I can't even I don't even know. I don't I don't I'm not a fan of lists. I don't keep lists um, in regards to like how many, whatever. If you down with us, you down with us. Um, but we absolutely have impacted gun ownership in black communities like that's that's a no brainer. And I say black communities because when you want to solve the problem, you got to get to the root of it. Gun control in America was started to stop black people from having the means to defend themselves. That's not even like a contra like a like a controversial statement. Like that's just the fact of the matter. And so in doing these classes over the years, I would consistently see so many um, men and women, whether they were law enforcement or regular civilians, military, ex-military, 
that kind of relied on the gun like as a talisman. You know what I mean? And it would be like, bro, I don't even have to like, like I could just snatch your chain and run. Like you're not gonna, you're not gonna catch me, you know? Um, you can't even carry appendix. Like you, there's there's things that are going in a direct opposite, you know, direction to safe and responsible firearms on it. And overwhelmingly over the last five, six years, it's like, yo, the gun community's not in shape. Like, and they could take that how they want. I, I know that you you can shoot and I can shoot a guy from this far. And okay, but most defensive gun usages are not lethal. And we are not carrying a firearm to practice lethality generally. If need be, then cool. But I'd rather run away from a dog as opposed to having to shoot it. If a dog gets loose, I'd rather have the wherewithal to run and hide. And that dog lives another day, you know. And so overwhelmingly, I just started to see over the last few, you know, months to a year or so now, like, bro, we are out of shape. And as someone that enjoyed the sport of bodybuilding years ago, I even started looking at myself like there's a there's a, a, a reel that I put up. I legit had like a dad bod, bro. Like like. And I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. Like, you know, what I mean, like my cardio might be up, but I'm like, I got to get back in the gym. And uh, and I, I had listened to so many. Um, obviously, everybody that's listening to this podcast is super familiar with your story. Sure. And your journey. And that should have like what? Like mind blowing, you know. So mine's was the opposite. Mine's was if I don't work out, I'm going to be super skinny. You know, I was in high school. I weighed like 120, 130 pounds. Part of the reason why we used to rob people, you know, drug dealers, we robbed them because it was like, we're going to rely on the gun. If there were no guns, I might have been in less skirmishes or robbed less people, you know. So it was the reverse of what I'm seeing, you know, health wise in regards to a lot of guys and women that are gun owners. Now, you guys might be out of shape and overweight. So you rely on your firearm. I was like super skinny and didn't really do hand to hand combatives or anything like that. And just using all of this life experience and seeing these correlations, my criminal friends are somewhat like my cop friends. You know, my Republican friends are similar in certain ways to my Democrat friends. They just argue against the different things and seeing this juxtaposition and just having relationships with so many good guys that were about health and fitness. I'm like, nah, we made the demographic purchase guns and be more safe and responsible firearms owners. But now we have to merge the gun community with the fitness community. We have to change this definition of what a safe and responsible firearm owner is, because if you don't feel competent and confident in yourself to potentially de defend life in a non-lethal scenario, if you're running straight to that gun, be simply because you don't have any other tools in your tool belt, I can't qualify that as, you know, you, you aspiring to really be a safe and responsible gun owner. And, and, and lastly, you know, we not dying from generally like gunshots are not the leading cause of death in America. It's, it's, it's what you putting on that plate, champ, you know? And so with all of these things said, you know, I know, I know I went around about way of saying it, but seeing that we could continue to do the work and safe and responsible firearms ownership and expand that market into guys that, yo, you need to be in this health and fitness room. The health and fitness guys that are in great shape, 
you guys need to be in the Second Amendment and gun room because I don't care how in shape you are. If shootout happens, you cannot box the bullet. It's just not it's not going to happen. So there was deficiencies on both sides. And for me, my skill set is the ability to translate. And so it was just like, yo, I know all of these great dudes and women that's doing so much, so many great things in health and fitness. Um, and I started to say, let's just now shift this into that space. And, you know, over the last year or so, there's been a, a lot of progress made in that regard. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I think that, um, you know, the way we as people uh, and, and and I've read some anthropologists talk about how it's just kind of human nature to to categorize stuff. Right. This mm -hmm. goes into that category. There's mm -hmm. often good and bad and all of yeah. this. And, and and then we have preference. Right. And so we go like um, uh, we look at something and, and to put it in your context, it's like people are very upset about rifles. Right. Yeah. Rifles are a certain type of rifle. It looks scary. It's very upsetting. And then you you look at like the broader statistics and you go, well, hammers are killing more people than rifles. And that's like a real statistic per right. year. Hammers are res are responsible for more murders than rifles. And so you go like, well, huh, yeah. maybe rifles aren't so bad. And like not to downplay any deaths, right? A yeah. death by hammer sounds awful to me. It's terrible. I don't want that for anyone. Yeah. Um, but like if you look at the category of gun deaths versus death by, you know, I just go at the end of the day, what is the intention? Is the intention to reduce death? Like, you know, first of all, we're all going to die. That's yeah. the that's the end for everyone. So then we go like, well, could we have longer, better, more fulfilling lives? And I do think it's worse for me. My preference would be people dying uh, in quote unquote natural ways, as opposed to by somebody else's hand. And then you yep. go like, okay, there's some huge percentage of gun deaths where, which are suicide. But like, I really respect you taking this step and going like health is super important too. And like, if you're teaching one thing with, with the intention to be the preservation of life right. at the, as the fundamental then why not take that thought process one step forward and go like, well, we can all work more on preserving our lives by working on health and fitness and whatnot. That will catch probably even more people and preserve life for some longer period. Yeah. Um, so, so that's awesome. I, I also, to your point, I'm not as well versed in the federal laws, but I do know because I lived in California for so long that it is very clear when the laws started to get really strict in California, what they were a reaction to. They were a reaction to the Black Panther movement in Oakland. And and it's also crazy when you look at the statistics in Oakland on crime and even uh, uh, uh how how well people were living while the Black Panthers were there walking around patrolling the neighborhoods versus when those laws came in, because Reagan really was like, we can't have this. Yeah. And then what happened to the city of Oakland since then? It's like these are all strange, you know, unintended consequences. I believe that there were they were intentional. Right. I believe that um, you can damn near quantify 
the, de the degradation of American life, com like you can damn near like chart it. The more disrespect for the Second Amendment, which goes in alignment with the disrespect for the human rights as codified in the Bill of Rights, and the serious decline in health. Like there was, a, I saw an article from like the 1930s or something like that, where there was a, a, a plan to like help families, American families grow their own fruits and vegetables. Like after the world wars, a lot of fruits and vegetables were grown in home gardens after like the Great Depression. There is a direct correlation between disrespect for the human rights as codified in the Bill of Rights and disrespect for your personal health in relation to the economic fall, crime rates going up, marriages dropping. And I say this because a lot of times I'll hear, especially in the black community, because I don't want the listeners to get like, because I'm saying the black community, this is an exclusion to everybody else. But I live in a black community. When I, when I get like, you know, when me and Rihanna get married after she gets over this whole like relationship thing, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> when that happens, um, I'll, I'll probably live in a white neighborhood and then I'll address white neighborhood because that's where I live. So I want to be clear on that, because if you don't repeat it, sometimes people can hijack your messaging. But my point is, these communities that were less government involvement, uh, more upward, like actually being progressive in actual deed, you can tie that to when there was firearms ownership taught in schools, when there was like home economics. Here's how you make a meal. You know, here's how you actually prepare a meal, you know. This is these things go hand in hand. And I think a lot of times what happens is. If we're being honest. Um, you almost can't ignore as a Second Amendment person, as a as a firearms instructor. Right. You can, you have to be honest about the realities of the, the instructors and the students that you see. And if to your point, if you're saying this is about the preservation of life, you got to look at the stats because stats is going to be a part of the game of how the opposition are going to try to manipulate you. So when you start looking at the stats, you can't just ignore, hmm, the leading cause of death in America is, because you're going to look for that. Well, they're saying it's guns. Is it guns? No, it's heart issues, heart disease, high cholesterol, da 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 If you're being dishonest, you don't call your crew out because you go, well, I got this whole like Black Guns Matter thing going and why would I start an add on? I could keep going with this brand why would I add on this brand? Because those guys are, you know, because a lot of guys that are health and fitness, they really believe that they don't need a gun. Right. Like legit. Like they really think like I box, I do Brazilian jujitsu. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great. And someone will still shoot you. That's it. And hopefully if you're in great position, great shape, the muscle, you know, you, you, you're taking tourniquet classes. You got friends. Maybe that because I'm not wishing death. But the reality is that segment of the population there's a large portion of those guys is usually guys that think that like this invincible thing. No different than the gun community. Guys are like, I got a gun. I train. Yeah. But bro, you again, you 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 have you're going to die from something that can be prevented because I'm watching you in this whole America, red blooded American steak, pork chops, bacon, eat what you want. But too much of anything is a trap. Well, yeah, I think it's similar to like somebody who is uh, maybe obese and goes, well, I'm just going to eat organic. And it's like, OK, 
that doesn't really address this issue that that you have like that's maybe going to help something i don't even know what that'll help if you if you continue to overeat it, it, it is interesting though because i i had i try to play through all the scenarios because i i really want some message to be this is for anyone like mm -hmm. it does not matter uh how wealthy you are you know I've had people on who are like, you know, you got to go to this nutritionist and eat this very specific thing. And I'm like, that's really for wealthy people that yeah. it like if we're being honest and that's yeah. so that's not available to everyone. And yeah. so for me, that's not a solution because I, I don't think that that has to be a solution for anything. Um, but I was talking to a friend of mine who happens to be black, happens to have grown up in a very poor neighborhood and. And I was just trying to understand, like, why didn't you just go to the grocery store and buy fruits and vegetables? And he was like, there's no grocery store near my house. And I and I said, yeah, there's really no grocery store near my house either. I have to drive there. And he's like, no, no, we didn't have a car. Right. We took the bus. There was no grocery store like I, he didn't even know where a grocery store was. He was trying to think. And he was like, yeah, I mean. Maybe one time we went to the beach and we passed a grocery store, but that's like miles away. And yep. then, you know, and so it really became unrealistic. And when he described eating in that neighborhood, it was uh, the small places around his house that cooked food and then corner stores. Yep. And there was no produce at the corner stores. The 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 food desert thing. I'm 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 in the, I'm in between. Right. Because. I'm very critical of our community. Liberty community, black community, freedom community, American community, right? Yes, food deserts are a thing and it's designed, right? So for example, back in the day, um, so there's a, there's a shift that happens in the hood. It becomes, um, on a long term, it was, we got the so-called Chinese food stores, which those food, those are not Chinese foods. They're not. Um, <laughs> Those guys will be open from this late night time to whatever time in the morning. Right. Then, the, the, you know, the uh, there used to be a lot of um, Puerto Rican stores and they shifted to being Dominican stores. They will be open for breakfast sandwiches and all of that. When you destabilize a community's economy, you destabilize it by not allowing that community to have the things that and produce naturally the things that it would produce on its own. You 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 zone. There's a great book called The Color of Law which talks about redlining. Redlining happens with grocery stores too. A few years ago, I, I moved out of a place into my new place. The place that I lived at was new construction and it was a new Whole Foods. And I picked that building because I'm like, I'm right on, it's literally, it was a, a high rise apartment joint, pool is really nice, but it's in a, a, like downtown. And my thought was if the zombie apocalypse happens, I'm absolutely, me and my friends are taking this grocery store. Like <laughs> this building is done, this is us now. Right. The, the pool, we're going to drain it. We got a fresh water supply. That's where my brain is at with it. Right. But there's no Whole Foods in the hood and Whole Foods, even though you don't need as much of the food in Whole Foods at any place. Right. Whole Foods might cost you your whole check. It's just. Yeah, weird. yeah. It is a lot more expensive. And so to tell a group of people that not only the, the information has been removed and city councilors and planning and developers structure the money and the grocery stores away from this community. And they've placed, again, the Dominican store or the Chinese store right there while advocating 
that you're supposed to go out of your community to buy things, it's a psychological operation on an entire community. Now that may happen in a white community. I know white Philadelphians that are caught up in that same game. There's an excellent documentary called, um, that I haven't watched the whole thing. I've just seen clips of it. It's called, They're Trying to Kill Us. You know, and it's my buddy, John Lewis, he's a vegan. Um, and it just speaks to a, a lot of that stuff. There's an excellent book also, two books by, um, he's deceased now. His name's Dr. Laila Africa. He wrote a book called African Holistic Health. And the more important, not important, but the more impactful book for this conversation is called Nutricide, The Nutritional Destruction of a Race. You know, tying into how the Food and Drug Administration came to be. Why would you mix food and drugs as, and administer these things? Little things like that. And so in our communities, and this started in Black communities, but it ain't limited to, just like any other thing, we use this as the test market, then we expand. These, when you say this to a person that genuinely was raised in a space where this, this wasn't even a conversation, this home ec is gone from your classrooms. It's almost like unbelievable. Now, I will be critical of those same communities after a certain point because we're all walking around with these. And Phones. some of my homies that I'm like, bro, you don't, have to eat that, right? I oh man, it's expensive. Well, fruits and vegetables generally are not as expensive, especially when you start evaluating what's what's really going to cost you, right? They're not as expensive as last weekend when we was in a strip club and <laughs> you just blew five grand. So there's a balance there that I because I, I don't want to. The system is absolutely, it is systemic. I'm not going to pretend like it's not. I know that's like a boogeyman word to my friends on the right a lot of times, but some of this shit is systemic, man. It's not like, and, and it doesn't mean systemic just only for black and brown communities. If you no, live I think it Kansas, really, yeah, it really applies to anyone living in poverty, any poor neighborhood there, there, there are, you know, so a white poor neighborhood, a black poor neighborhood, a brown poor neighborhood, they're all going to experience this. Yes. And telling someone that. That hasn't experienced it is almost like like when you said your homie, he was like, do you understand that we didn't have a car, bro? Like I hadn't. I, it wasn't even a thought like everybody has a car. It wasn't right. that ignorant. It wasn't that kind of um, stupid. It was just like. Why didn't you guys go to a grocery? He, he was telling me about how he had never been to a grocery store as a kid. Yeah. And I was like, I don't understand that. Yeah. Hasn't everybody in America been to a grocery store? And he was like, not like what I go to today. We I didn't know that existed. Nope. That poppy store affectionately turned poppy stores in the hood. Technically, is kind of like a grocery store, but the prices are way higher because you're paying for the convenience. And um, they're literally like, that's not figurative. Literally, there is no produce in that poppy store. Right. There's all boxed, processed, nutrition deficit, like nutrient deficit foods, foods like food stuff, you know. Um, so how do we say we want a revolution of the mind, you know, and we don't even have a revolution of the gut. Like right. there's a lot of shit that happens 
in your stomach during the digestive process. Like I was, I was reading something a while ago where this, this photography called like Corillian. I might be butchering the name, but they would do Corillian photography on a person's stomach as their foods were digesting. And the irony was the same like lighting, like things that were happening here were happening like damn near in the brain of the person. And that's kind of like how when you eat, especially depending on what you eat, your brain does a whole nother process and you almost like kind of like tap out. Some people believe, and I don't have no fact about this, but that that process of the digestion is a part of a very spiritual process. And it's like, if these things are true, and if our scientists know this, if they know that if you mix like what we're calling dairy milk with like grains and white sugar and like other chemicals, you like over time when that mixes with stomach acid, like it slowly cre creates like a light formaldehyde. If our, if our scientists know this and their goal is to like extract resources, keep you addicted and sell you shit until you die, or at least until you get unhealthy enough where we got a whole nother set of drugs to sell you. That's not a, cons that's not, that doesn't sound too far fetched. I'm a conspiracy theorist to a degree. <laughs> that doesn't sound yeah. too crazy. I, I hope, and, and I hear you and I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. I hope it's a version of an, you know, we call it a free market, but it's the most regulated free market ever. So this this kind of government oversight on this market where it's like very much a pay to play thing. And you yeah. and you get these companies which are going to are going to support laws and lobby for bills that, you know, fund them. And then we get this ecosystem of poor health and really expensive medicine. And it all is kind of feeding itself. You know what I mean? And it's the yeah. cyclical thing. You know, you go to the doctor or, you know, you go to a shady auto mechanic for a flat tire and then you need a new radiator and a new transmission. And, and it's kind of what I see yeah. in like we're eating this food. It makes us sick. We're going to the doctor. We're taking a pill that's giving us lots of other things. And and so we're trapped in this system. And I do believe that the majority of the health benefits would come just by losing weight for most people. I, I, you know, during this whole government overreach COVID thing, right? I remember watching uh, Dr. Peter McCullough on Rogan and he asked him like, Rogan asked him like, yo, like, do you think it's sinister? And Peter McCullough at the time, I was surprised at his answer. He said, you know, I, think that it's a crisis of incompetence, right? And I was like, hell no, there's, there's no way they don't know. Like you just destroying hydrochloroquine facilities. And now we got like all of these food manufacturers, dist distributors catching on fire. So a certain part of me, you know, I would, be, I would be more inclined to align with, well, it's just the machine. If they didn't go so hard out of their way Cause okay, our machine is our machine. We selling shit. We got great marketing. We got pres, you know, preservatives. It can stay on your shelf longer. You don't have to like jar or anything. We're gonna win because it's more convenient. You do your little healthy shit over there, right? I would, if that was the case, I would just be like, okay. But they go out of their way to damn near 
make people that have healthy stuff felons. You see, you hear about this Amish farmer that that, that's, that was like selling like raw milk. And it's like, okay, okay, okay. If it was just the machine, again, I'm a conspiracy theorist to a degree. If it was just the machine selling stuff, if it was just, oh, it's just the crisis of incompetence with COVID, then you guys wouldn't have to go chase the Amish farmer. The Amish, oh, I live in Pennsylvania. Like the Amish dudes is super legit cool. Yeah. Ain't not bothering nobody. So you guys are going out of your way to chase these guys that are just like, hey, we want to just sell our stuff. If nobody wants it, nobody has to buy it. You guys are going out of your way to criminalize these groups of people. It's almost like I, I don't see the, the reason for the machine to get their shooters involved if they have a superior product, even if it's not health superior, even if it's just we're a machine. We got we got companies. We got, you know, commercials. Yeah, no, I agree that there, there was a raid, an FBI raid on a store in Venice, California years ago. And I believe the store was called Raw. And it mm-hmm. was, you know, there's like hippies in California. Like yeah. you, you ask me, I don't give a shit if milk is raw or pasteurized. I really don't. I don't drink a lot of milk, to be honest. With you. Right, I use right. it like a tablespoon, a half and a half once a day in my coffee. Mm-hmm. I almost never finish that coffee. That's my dairy. Yeah. Right. But there's some people who, you know, believe that they got to be only eating raw dairy. Fine. I don't care if they eat that. Get there you, was get roll. Yeah, there was a very fancy store in a very fancy neighborhood, one of the most expensive neighborhoods in California, and the FBI raided the store because they were selling raw milk. And I was totally baffled by this. I believe this is where that whole tinfoil shit comes in. At. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or Zepbound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I believe it's not a crisis of incompetence. I believe that the same reason that they take or try to make our communities, because there's more poor and middle class communities than there are rich and wealthy, right? I believe the same reason why they attack health in these communities, or at least try to ridicule it, like get their propaganda machine to make it look like you're just horrible if you want to eat some kale, right? Um, I believe they take that out of our communities and attack those people for the same reason they took most like 
weights out of penitentiaries. When you're in, you, you know, I have uncles that did some time. They came out looking great. I'm like, damn, bro, you got like a free new body. Jeez. They took all of the like stuff out of like penitentiaries. You can't work out the same way. Now dudes is in there, trash bags, filling them up with water, wrapping those uh, water balloons up in like sheet pillowcases and stuff like that and getting their curls on. You don't want the inmates, and I say inmate, and I choose my words very carefully. You don't want the inmates to get strong. And based on the history of our government, not the American people, I love America. I've traveled around to different countries. If I had to re-up on America every year, like, dude, I'm re-upping on, Wi-Fi is here all the time, everywhere, right? right? <laughs> um, but knowing that our American government is fucking shifty, to say the least, they don't want the inmates to be stronger than them. That's just that's, that's just what I think. I, I don't I don't I don't trust it. Um, you know, I think a part of the reason why with me openly tweeting, you know, when I carry a firearm to New York, when I carry a firearm to Jersey, California, when I'm tweeting it, I think a part of the reason why they haven't really kind of like ran down on me yet is because they know I just got lawyers around that I wouldn't even have to pay. Like my guys over at Firearms Policy Coalition, if I caught that case, they know that I would fight it to the Supreme Court and they probably wouldn't even charge me. So I think that's a part of the reason why they kind of like hands off. But that's a certain level of connection. The general public doesn't have that. You can't just call the owner of or the founder of Firearms Policy Coalition. I know Eric from that runs Gun Owners of America. I run Black Guns Matter. So like I think they pick in their battles. And I think that the, the average American um, without the level of information, you know, I hear I hear a lot of lefties say stuff like, you know, and they're still Americans. I want to be clear about that. The distinction that I'm making is someone that's left of center, right? You know, like on The View, when a lady said, um, Joy Behar said, you know, if Black people started buying guns in America, the laws will change. She was actually right, because the laws are racist, and Joe Biden starts packaging federal, you know, go to jail for 10 years if you don't turn his gun in type thing. But my point in, in taking from that is, I believe you'd see more of a revolution similar to what happened in Philadelphia in 1986 with the move bombing. These guys were in Philadelphia, in row homes, growing their own food, basically how every hippie looks in Whole Foods now. That's what they were doing in 1986, right? And the Philadelphia government dropped a firebomb on their house from a helicopter and burned down two city blocks. And as the women, children, and men were running out, they killed them. They shot them. For for having a, a uh, they just wanted what? to be they, they just wanted to live off grid, just wanted to live off grid. Um, Waco. I believe Ruby Ridge. I believe that we'll start seeing the real overt true colors of government, the state, if half of urban Americans in most a major major American cities started rooftop gardens and started bartering and started doing push-ups and pull-ups and sit-ups and drank more water and 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 just just I know that when in a war if I want to control you I'm going to control your water I'm going to control your utilities and I'm going to control your food and I just don't think there's 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 no reason for me to see 
if, if we started Black Guns Matter going to the areas where the problem was the most, and if you as city government or whatever, or local state, whatever, are not allocating more resources to solve this health issue in the areas where it's needed the most, you're actually doing the opposite. You're placing the healthy shit outside of these communities. It starts to not look like an accident. It starts to just look like a highly organized phenomenon to me. Yeah, I, you know, I don't see any programs that are really addressing health. In, and, and again, like for me, I don't care if you smoke, if you want to smoke, smoke, if you want to eat cheeseburgers all day long, eat cheeseburgers. Like I really don't care. But I do think that there are a lot of people who uh, desire uh, health. And I do think for some of them that. You know, look, we all have phones. We're on our phones all day. We should be responsible for educating ourselves. But I think like you got a kid who's going on Instagram and just seeing like a buff dude who has maybe like a, a trainer and a nutritionist. And then this kid goes like, well, I got to have a trainer and nutritionist in order to have the physique that guy has in order to have the health. And until I can until I have the means to get that, I'm just going to continue doing what I'm doing. I think the education is really muddled and, you know, I, I haven't been in school in 30 plus years now, but I, I don't remember in school ever understanding nutrition the way I do today. Like, I don't know that I don't know that I look around and see any programs that are truly talking about nutrition, you know, calories are listed. And but if you don't know how many calories your daily allotment is, what does it matter? You know, right. It's like, are we teaching? And again, this to me, it always goes back to the state department of education is created. Not long after that, we start removing some of these programs that we're talking about this stuff. And even to your point, it even, even that was basic. It wasn't like, Hey, here's your body weight. Here's how much protein you should be. You should actually not maybe drink this soda, right. you know, then they said, let's put vending machines with all of the sodium and all of the sugar in the school. Then after a while, when people say, yo, that might not be healthy, then they act like they're doing a huge service by saying we're going to cut back on the sugar. In Philadelphia, they have a soda tax. If you buy sugary drinks that was supposed to go to the schools, <laughs> it never made it to the schools. This is all going to go back to the state department. Again, these things are correlating. I just think that that's what the empire does. We have ceased to become, unfortunately, uh, a, a, a country that our elected officials are about the empowerment and strengthening of its citizens. I think we are in a corporatocracy that is, well, if you want to do the health thing, we'll figure out a way to sell you it, but don't get too healthy, don't get too strong. I think that the people that start to do that start to become a threat. I think that way more than the gun thing. And, and I'm saying this as the dude that runs a Second Amendment organization that trains people. Do you understand how much money is in food and death? Oh, it's massive. This has got to be two of the biggest industries two, or the two biggest, you know, outside of like weapons of war, truly the military industrial complex. I think those are probably the bigger the bigger ones in America. So when someone shows up and goes, you know, and people say what they feel about Dr. Sebi, but there's some science to what he's saying. Like, I wouldn't eat that. 
I wouldn't eat that for these reasons. Then when I used to go look at some of the things guys like him would say, right? He, I remember he said like rice is plastic. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. Like there's no way that. And I started looking at it and there's certain countries where they're chopping up plastic to make rice. Cause you know, when it gets hard, you can't really tell. And I'm like, damn, my point in saying that is if you had people that can conveniently reallocate those resources, I don't even mean to themselves. If you said, hey man, you're gonna get an acre. You're gonna live in literally middle America, right? You're going to put on a half an acre, you have your family of four. On a half an acre, you could grow, depending on the climate, right, or where you're at, you could grow a food and a crop and you could feed your family. So that whole like grocery thing is now instead of us spending money over there, all of the resources are here. Well, especially yeah. if, if, if those food types are truly not available to you. You know right. what I mean? Like if you live in an area where you, you're on the bus and you have no access to a grocery store. Now it becomes not only are we not because we wasn't going to the grocery store. So now not only are we not going to the grocery store. Now we're not going to the poppy store, or the Chinese store. Now we're talking about lowering levels of MSG intake. Now we're talking about drinking more water. Now we're talking about sleeping better. Now we're talking about, oh, my, my back just doesn't hurt so much now. Now we're talking about, you know, getting shredded, getting stronger. Now we're talking about, well, damn, what other areas, when you see progress there, you're just quite naturally going to look for other areas of growth. Now we're talking about reading. Now we're talking about questioning narratives. If, if, if we start to find out that, Somebody told us that all of the stuff that we're eating is good for you or the majority of it isn't good for you. Or even if you want the stuff that's bad for you, but you can produce it yourself, it impacts the money. And when it starts to impact the money, that's when the guns come out. This place is based on money and violence. As as unfortunate as that may that may sound, um, I think that we should really evaluate that and start having that conversation. And then having some people say, well, let's push up against that. When has there ever been a, a time when farmers were attacked in America? And then you'll go, well, hell, it's happening right now. They are literally paying farmers to not grow food. Like actual food, take the subsidy, you know, damaging the, those small to middle farmers. The way that we push back against that is. Everybody should just start. I'm, I'm buying land, 20 acres, and I'm going to grow food and I'm going to shoot and I'm going to learn. Like at what point? Because that's the state. That's the system. We get it. Right. That's the machine. Corporatocracy. However, being critical of ourselves. At what point with all of this, even if it's questionable, at what point do we start to say? I am playing right into the hands of that same corporatocracy and system. We talk this American, you know, I'm American, red, white, and blue, let's wave the flag, 4th of July, burgers, right? What are you willing to do to live those ideals? And if you can't conquer as above, so below, you a slave. So maybe you should really reevaluate that and go, yo, I live in Florida, I live in wherever, in my climate during what time, what two fruits or vegetables can I grow? Even outside of that, even if I don't want to grow anything, hey, I want to create a budget. I want to find the grocery store in my community or close to my community. 
what, what am I doing? I stopped drinking last Monday. I'm not going to have another drink until New Year's Eve. You know, like I'm in the gym. Dude. Fucking Mike O'Hearn is 60. <laughs> like his abs. I'm, I'm, I'm like half your age. Like, how is this even a thing? Oh, well, maybe because you like Booker's bourbon, maybe because you whiskey, gin, you got to cut that out. Take for the next three months, cut that out. So saying that to say at a certain point, we can say the system and it may be true, but at a certain point, do we have the internal fortitude to say, I'm going to grow some fruits and vegetables. I'm going to budget and I'm going to cut wine and, and, and liquor out for a little bit. I'm going to cut white sugar out for a little while. You know, these are the things that revolutions when we were, and I say we, I wasn't alive, but when this place, and if I can say it as the black dude, like when I'm, the, the time era that I'm about to say is like slavery was a thing too, at, like during the same time. Even my ancestors here um, still fucking grew fruits and vegetables <laughs> and ate, and they were a lot stronger and a lot healthier. My point in saying that is, if I can say it as a black American, I think all Americans should be, especially my white homies. Yo, bro, your elders and ancestors to this place wasn't going for this silly shit. We are now a McDonald's generation. And sex drive problems, reproductive problems, uh, all of these weird diseases that just like seem to be sprouting up that we, maybe it's your diet, bro. And if you start asking those questions, like me saying, Yo, are they targeting us with this gun shit? Yeah, let's preserve life. Cool. Where else are they doing it? You have to you have to be honest with yourself, man. Don't look in that mirror and fucking lie to yourself. Yo, bro, your abs are not as shrink. OK, I get it. Mike O'Hearn has been doing this longer than I've been alive. However, you got to question the diet. Yo, bro, if you're 45, you creeping towards that colon cancer, you know, era. You know, we have to have these genuine conversations and what we're willing to do as Americans, because there can be no revolution armed, unarmed, politically, socially. It can't be that if there's not a revolution of your stomach and brain happening. And that's just guys may not like to hear that, but, you know. No, I think that I think that what you're taught, what, what, what you're saying is is very easily kind of um, delineated by something you said earlier, like a guy has a gun and feels safer. And like even a guy who, you know, uh, when the lockdown first happened, I think before there was even any civil unrest, there were long lines at the gun store. The gun store was allowed to remain open. This is California. I have very specific. I don't know if it was the whole country, but California, the gun store was allowed to remain open. And all the lefties that were anti-gun or not all, obviously, that's an exaggeration, but a bunch of people who were anti-gun a week ago are now online at the gun store. And you're and I'm going like, this is um, odd. And then I had a friend. He went, he got a gun, had to wait two weeks, got actually took possession of his gun, couldn't buy bullets, waited another month to get bullets, bought bullets and then told me, like, I feel a lot better. And I was like, you feel a lot better what has changed? And he's right. like, well, I got a gun. And I'm, and I said to him, like, that's so dumb. Yeah. If you didn't, if you never drove a car before, if you got if this you, car now and you got a car, like, what does that mean? It's utterly meaningless. And by the way, 
that's what does that solve? It solves nothing like you, you, there's a lot more work to do. And, yeah. and I think so with anything, you got a guy who's going like, what do I care? I can get my Big Mac. I can afford my Big Mac. I can buy my Big Mac every day. I'm fine. I'm not hungry. It, life is good. And I'm like, I can see that point of view, but you could have a bigger game. You could yeah. set your sights on something more. If it, it just requires the idea, maybe you're not generating that idea. And hopefully you, Maj, are generating that idea for some people. Yeah, it's a it's really my skill set is the simplification and translation of things. Right. So in that example, because I had I was giving away like ammo during the lockdowns from some of most of my friends are leftists and they my friends, but I love them. And I'm like, yo, you're crazy, bro. You know, and they like, well, if the zombie apocalypse happens, I'm coming to your house. I'm like, well, if you don't have a skill set. Sorry, bro, I know my nest team. So like <laughs> we'll find somewhere for you. You might be bait, but nonetheless, cool. Um, they would hit me up and I would be like, yo, I was giving out ammo like it was drug deals. I was like, yo, just don't tell nobody you got that from me, you know, and like. So in, in that love, but the simplification, and that's where we have been successful. And I hope to translate that from the gun community, making them go into the health and fitness community. There's an example of the example that you gave of like all of my leftist friends are now or leftist folks are now in this line. They'll get those phone calls. You'll be like, yo, they telling me they, where's the online gun show loophole? And I'm like, bro, I told you it's not a thing. You ain't Cali. You <laughs> fucking that's your guy. Newsom's your guy. You gotta wait a little while, right? But the lessons that came out of it. But the beautiful bigger picture that I thought that I saw from that over that time, and again, I want to translate that into the gun community, going into the health and fitness community, was an, a story I heard of this guy. You know, they're on an airplane. One's an atheist and one's a believer, and. I don't care. I, I, you could believe in whatever you want. But the story goes, the atheist is like, they're having a conversation about atheists. Plane goes down. Shit getting shaky. It's a small plane. You know, you feel all of the turbulence. Plane shaky. Atheist, believer starts praying. He looks up for a second. And the atheist is praying too. And they pull out of it and they land. And the atheist looks at the believer and the believer looks at the atheist, didn't say anything because the believer understood what you actually believe in and what you actually put yourself into and times of peril that will really come out. Yeah. So when all of my anti-gun friends that were calling me for ammo or saying, like, what, how, how can I get a gun? What, what, what? I don't know what's happening. They won't let me in Walmart. There's a line. There's I don't. Will this happen if I don't? get? Because that went for a while. We have to make sure that we as people that focus a little bit on freedom, liberty, health and wellness, firearms, ownership, whatever. We consistently understand the propaganda machine that is put onto our people. And that's the part of the reason why they have this view that they have. It's not an attack on us. The opportunity will present itself. And it's happening all throughout this current administration and regime. We're seeing so many people going like, yo, this is not, I just didn't like the orange dude. I didn't vote for like $5 gas. And when we can explain to them, here's a direct correlation between your gas prices, 
and having a weak negotiator as a leader, right? With o OPEC nations. When we can explain that and not pass judgment on our fellow Americans, fellow humans, when we can do that, we win. Because the government's gonna continue to be horrible. There's no one, at best guys will just get quiet. Everybody that was like, ha 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 ha, Trump lost, right? And I'm a libertarian, so I don't have a, we, didn't, we haven't won shit yet, right? <laughs> <laughs> so when all of those guys that were saying ha 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 ha, if you notice, they're a lot quieter now. It's not our job to ridicule them. It's our job to when they come around and go in that quiet space, make sure that we understand that they're understood and we are expressing some form of empathy with the ones that are at least approachable, right? I say the same thing about health and fitness. I'll have guys, because I was a vegetarian for like 10 years at one point. Was I healthier? Yes. Was it as delicious? No. Just sorry, guys. Fruits are great. A cheesesteak is fucking wonderful. It's just wonderful. You know, no judgment. But having that understanding of both sides, when someone that has eaten unhealthy, that when I was a vegetarian was calling it rabbit food and all of this, and these guys are now, we went to school together, now these guys are dealing with cancer or heart issues, and some of them pull through. They're going to make sure that they're coming to you because you were the person telling them about health and fitness. Doesn't mean that they have to become vegan or only eat grass fed beef or whatever. Just subtle, consistent little changes that they can start with to go in that direction. If we can maintain that understanding for our fellow citizens, the system cannot win. The system wins when we go, well, fuck it. Told you you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have ate it. Now you got cancer. Dude, like, yeah, I think the system wins when we're when our diet is McDonald's and we're taking statins so that we can keep eating McDonald's. That's yeah. the system yeah. that I see. And and it's like, I think, you know, we do a big hurrah that people discovered stuff like statins, which have a lot of uh, side effects. Mm. It, it shuts down all kinds of things in your body. Wait, what, what are these? What are these? Statins, statins? are basically like you get um, if I believe they're. Uh, for high cholesterol. So you have high cholesterol. Don't handle your cholesterol. Take this pill. Well, the mm. pill shuts down a function of your liver, which mm. produces the cholesterol, which, you know, uh, digests the food and releases the cholesterol. So you don't change your diet. You take this pill, shut down part of the function of your liver. But there are a lot of side effects from these yeah. statins. Yeah. Um, you know, famous guy like Anthony Bourdain, whose job it was to travel around the world and eat really delicious food, yeah. had to take statins. Mm. Uh, and 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 the the alternative and and like I might be simplifying this. I'm not a doctor, so there might be some genetic reasons that one must take a statin that has nothing to do with diet. That's possible too, but largely they are to combat a poor diet and largely they have side effects. Um, you know, we can get caught in that. We can get caught in the political game of, of, of firearms too. And I would just say there's organizations like yours there's the Johnny Appleseed Club. Yeah. There's uh, John Boone, uh, John Brown Gun Club, which is very left. There's Redneck Revolt, which is very left. 
So it doesn't have to be this polarizing thing. There are lots of political sides which are about firearm education because there are more guns than people in America and very little education on how to use them. Yeah. When we when we first started. Right. When we so we did that one event, we said, hey, maybe we should do this. And we we did a At the time, we were on GoFundMe. We're not on GoFundMe anymore. They did some wild shit with like nine million dollars, but we're attempted to nonetheless with the Freedom Truckers Convoy. Um, so we got off of that and went to Gibson Gold. But anywho, we said we're going to do 13 cities like the first 13 colonies. We're going to raise twenty five thousand dollars. And we're going to do this thing. We're going to do all of the classes for free. And that's pretty much been our, our business model. Like, we'll, if you want to donate, cool, donate. We'll pay it forward and we'll just educate people. We had a stated purpose five, four or five years ago. We're going to make the black community become the newest, largest gun buying demographic in America. We did that in under three years with under $300,000. Saying that to say, that we gave away because like events, flying, flyers, handouts, cert pistols, all of this stuff. Um, and, and doing that, we just recognized that it was like so many people that just wanted to know basic information. Yeah. We, we, as gun guys tend to sometimes get like, I'll have, you know, this is my gun right here, right? This is my EDC, right? That's a H and K VP nine. And we'll start prattling off all these letters and numbers. And the average American is like, I don't, bro, I, what? Yeah, my twist, the twist ratio of this one is a one in sixth and what, bro, melanite coating. Shut up, bro. Tell them the first four rules of bi- firearm safety. Tell them about grip. Tell them about what, what are sites? What is site alignment? We could do a clinic for five years. We have. We are just basics. We, the gym, eating, gun range, all of these things are similar. You excel when you get really solid at applying the foundational basics over and over and over and over again. But to meet somebody right where they are, that's why one of my favorite gyms is like Planet Fitness. Not because like, I'm, I'm just like, I'm like, okay, I get it. My bodybuilding homies, I get it. You guys, you know, like I, I can talk to C.T. Fletcher. So I get those guys, right? But to a person that's coming in that doesn't want to feel intimidated, and I get it. Well, you shouldn't feel intimidated. Well, maybe they do. Maybe they do. Empathy, man. The empathy for a beginner on this journey is everything. This is why I have the, the, I argue, Matt Walsh made it like a 15 minute video about me when I was critical of some of his approaches. We have the conversation about slavery, right? And I'm like, yo, that tactic doesn't work. If you, I'm not saying that you should lie about slavery and the history of slavery globally. But when you say to Black Americans that you want to become Republican or right of center or conservative or independent, libertarian, whatever, you're a slave on a democratic plantation. You slave, you're not capable of thinking for yourself. Now come follow me. What the fuck? <laughs> right. you know, I mean, it, 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 it just seems antagonistic to me. And it, it doesn't it doesn't get the intended result. There's a overcorrection that's not a correction because the it just literally the pendulum's going from one one extreme to the other. 
when it, when it's gyms like Planet Fitness, it's like, yo, bro, if you want to eat that pizza afterwards, cool. Now, if I'm there, I'll go, yo, bro, should we eat that pizza? I'll have a bite with you. I'll damage some of my diet after this workout with you. If you're okay with me damaging my workout with you too. Right. And that person goes like, nah, bro, we're going to exercise a little bit of discipline. Same thing with the gun community. Same thing with the health and fitness community. Same thing with the political community. The, I think the spirit of America is recognizing that we're all humans that happen to look up and we live in America. And we have, with our contradictions as a nation, Thomas Jefferson wrote the Declaration of Independence, but on humans, it's a contradiction. Yeah. The, the, with those contradictions, if we can aspire to the things that we be saying and writing, we are unstoppable. Yeah. We are unstoppable. Like, like legit, the Constitution and the Bill of Rights is like fucking bars, bro. Like, they pen was on fire. You know? If, if, if we can really live those ideals, if you, you know, um, study, you know, I run solutionary lifestyle. Our, our uh, image is like the winged scarab. That's a comedic symbol that, or Egyptian, as most people know. The 42 laws of my eye are like. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Bro, if I could live, I have not thought bad thoughts is like one of them. I haven't defiled the water is one of them. If we could aspire to live in these ways and recognizing how often we fall short of these aspirations that we have, it creates us a, a level of humility that I think Americans can benefit from. And I, I just, like you said, to recognize that these machines, whether it's the deep state or it's Monsanto or whoever, Right. They cannot exist if we really, really hone in on that, man. You know, if it, the state can't sanction anything that the people aren't OK with, because the people will say, no, no, thank you. You know, yeah. and, and if we do that in, in, in the health and fitness community. Bro, we the strongest we like quite net, we're the healthiest and the strongest of Americans. And, and leading with that is, is and that empathy is something that I, I just challenge us all, me included, not just, you know, oh, I got it perfect. But, you know, like us all to really just reflect on, man, 
And because we come from some, no pun intended, some like good soil. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maj, thank you so much. And and I got to say, I will never again not look at that pizza at Planet, Fit, Planet, Fit, Planet Fitness as an opportunity to say no. I've yeah. always thought of it as like a kind of like a fuck you at the end of your workout. But no, that's not true. It's an yeah. opportunity to succeed. I love yeah. it. I Absolutely. love it, dude. Thank you. Thank you so much, man. Hey, real quick. Yeah. Everybody that's listening to this, if you guys can support all of our classes at the Solutionary Center, Philadelphia and abroad, man, these classes are completely free um, based on individual voluntary donations. No taxing, no us like sending the ATF to like shoot your dog. None of that shit. Like just showing up and saying, hey, I may not be able to come to this or I don't know when you're going to come to my town, but I individually choose to assist other people that want this knowledge so they don't have a financial barrier to entry. If you guys are compelled to or move to do so, please, please, please donate. GiveSendGo.com forward slash solutionary. Um, we like we just crossed our 10 percent goal and we got 90 percent left. So if you guys you know heard this, give what you can. And outside of that, if you are going through something, man. You know, this the last two years I was talking to Andy Fisella and he said this, he said the last two years are, were not normal. Like the level of psyop that's been on us is extreme. If you're going through something and you're thinking suicide or some shit like that, man, email me. I don't, I don't care. Maj2ray at gmail.com. Send me a number. I'll call you. I'll talk to you. I'll chop it up. We get our RV back up, come to Philly, take a couple of days, hang out, you know? Um, but this is not normal. This too shall pass. If you need an ear, email me. Let's chop it up. And 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 that's 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 no money. It's the cost. It's like free ninety nine. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Amaj, thank you. Thank you, man. And now for the Q and A. Today's question comes from Stephen. Hi, Stephen. Stephen says, "Hey there, Ethan and Paige. Firstly, thank you for the time and energy you pour into this podcast. It is my favorite podcast without question. Uh, thank that's you. awesome. Thanks, Stephen. He says, I know you have touched on this in various ways on various episodes, but what's your take on intermittent fasting? 16 and 8, 18 and 6 hour eating, fasting windows, etc. I have struggled with consistency in diets, and now this seems to be what the latest buzz is. He goes on to say, I have done points with Weight Watchers, calories in, calories out, low carb, and all of those. I struggle to stick with something long enough to see results. Or I yo-yo. I'm also a recovering addict, 13 years clean, so I recognize that I have addict behavior and also want immediate results and gratification. Is intermittent fasting a good plan, or what do you suggest to someone like me to find a plan that I can stick with to get results I'm 5'7", 200 pounds. I work out and do a little running, but my diet is shit. So I'm not seeing results. I'm the strongest and fattest I've ever been. Thanks again. Much love and respect. Congratulations on your sobriety, Stephen. That's awesome. I think, um, I think intermittent fasting is sold as this kind of miracle thing where if you're only eating within this time period, you can eat whatever you want. And, and you know, I don't think that that's completely, com 
completely honest. He said he's 5'7", 200 pounds. Uh, yeah. Okay, so I don't know exactly how much weight he needs to lose, but it's not like he's not, he doesn't need to lose 100 pounds, right? N- nobody needs right. to be 5'7", 100 pounds, right? I don't know because I'm so much heavier than that that I just don't know. People don't weigh 100 pounds, right? Like no, girls weigh 100 pounds. Maybe. Okay. So, like, maybe he needs to lose 50 pounds max, right? Is 150 pounds a good weight for a guy? You're not. Yeah. Is that true? Well, I don't know. I don't know. So, let's say 30. So, you know, you could probably lose that um, with intermittent fasting. I I wouldn't recommend it, really. I don't think it's super beneficial, Uh, especially if you're working out and you're trying to retain muscle mass and stuff. There's a lot of science that shows that um, bolusing protein one time versus throughout the day will have an effect on protein muscle synthesis. Like there's a, there is for sure an amount your body can absorb at a single time. And if you're getting all of it in four hours, then it's not going to have quite the same effect as if you're getting smaller doses throughout the day. Now, that's just when we're talking about retaining muscle mass while in a caloric deficit. The bottom line is any of this stuff works. You lose fat because you're taking in more or less energy into your body than your body's using. So regardless of the format by which you get there, that's how you lose fat. So if you're eating, if, if in order to get into a deficit, right. And we use the words calories and, 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 and stuff because it's just a metric, right. For energy in order to get into a deficit, you, you need to be eating no more than 1800 calories a day, right. So within those four hours, if you exceed 1,800 calories, you're going to gain weight. If you go below those 1,800 calories, you're going to lose weight. If you want to eat chocolate cake and cap it at 1,800 calories, you're going to lose weight. I don't recommend that, especially if you're working out because there's not a whole hell of a lot that's going to repair your muscles, number one. Number two – you're going to get a high bolus of fat and carbohydrates from that chocolate cake. And there can be a big crash afterwards. And I don't tend to feel great when I eat chocolate cake. So I don't recommend a chocolate cake diet. But I do find that people want to do this intermittent fasting thing because it limits the time frame when they can eat. And that helps them get into a caloric deficit. And if that's what you find to be true, then fine, then that's helpful to you. And that's useful. The thing that I would point out is whatever gets you into a deficit today is going to be less, you know, 15 pounds from now, especially if your starting point is, um, 200 pounds, 15 pounds is almost 10% of your entire body weight. So then if you're not then reducing your energy again, you're not really going to lose weight anymore. And so you're going to hit a plateau because uh, the amount of energy you need because you now weigh less is less. And you're just people in who are, you know, zealots about intermittent fasting and also keto 
believe that if they just do this thing, intermittent fasting or cutting out carbohydrates, that's the be all end all to weight loss. And the problem with that is once you lose some weight, you need to reduce your energy again, your energy intake. You need to reduce how much you're consuming again. Um, maybe not for five or 10 pounds, but if you're talking about losing more than 10% of your body weight, you're going to have to uh, dip down again into how much you're eating because your body, unless you're at such an extreme, right? Unless you're going like, I'm going to eat 600 calories a day, pretty much I don't know, maybe a five-year-old kid only needs 600 calories a day. But so, yeah, you can get from point A to point B. The problem is then you're going to rapidly regain weight after something like that. And um, there's also a, a study that showed, you know, um, the, the, the real problem with that is that, you know, we have a kind of fixed amount of fat cells. And what happens when we gain weight is the fat cells get larger. You don't get more fat cells. They get larger. Um, you can read it's in Lane Norton's book where he cites the study that showed that uh, there's a kind of a magical window where after you've uh, starved yourself or withheld a lot of calorie, calories and then you overfeed that window in your body's attempt to regain fat rapidly, you can actually develop new fat cells. So this is the real problem with yo-yo dieting with something really extreme followed by overeating is you can make it much, much harder to lose weight the next time around. So none of that in my opinion, is a good strategy. The best strategy, in my opinion, because it's the one that's worked the longest for me, it's the one that uh, on average works the best for people overall as far as losing weight and keeping it off, is a very slow approach that takes a long time but isn't so severe right? So you're living with this thing. You're in a, a mild uh, caloric deficit, not an extreme one. And you give yourself a break and you don't want immediate gratification and immediate weight loss. And, and, and you don't want it to happen by a week from Tuesday. And you, you go like, this is going to be a month long process. And then even more importantly, once I've gotten to where I want to go, I'm going to have to live my life differently so that I don't come back to where I am, right? So that's – I'm not such a fan of intermittent fasting. I, I, I know like Kevin Smith um, lost a bunch of weight intermittent fasting, then stopped losing weight, then started gaining weight while intermittent fasting, then uh, – had to basically diet within his intermittent fasting. So he's still intermittent fasting, but he's also on a very severe diet within that intermittent fast. And it's like, you know, that's what he has to do. That's what works for him. Great. But like, if, you, if you're going to be on a diet, just be on a diet. Why do you have to complicate it with intermittent fasting? <laughs> right. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I just love every time you say this, like, it's just that thing, slow and steady wins the race, you know? And it's like, uh, just to his point um, about, you know, like wanting the instant gratification and whatever, it's, it's yeah. something to... By the way, as a sober dude, I would just point out, because I think there's a lot of parallels here, 
did you did you like get sober for two weeks and then all aspects of sobriety were solved or is it something you worked at for a long time and is it something that you still have to work at sometimes in your life is it something that is just no longer a part of you at all or is it something that is a work in progress because you know i i wanted to go to rehab and be cured of all the things associated with my addiction that was not the case that didn't work you know i never had that i never woke up one day and went i'm cured right um so much so it got life got better it got easier it got you know as i, I, I my wife has alcohol in the house and i'm not a constant mess because i'm white knuckling trying to stay away from her alcohol um but there were years where she didn't have alcohol in the house because it it was I was working on that and and I'm still working on sobriety. And in the same way, I think with stuff like weight loss, if we if we view it as a constant work in progress, right? Um, for me, it's just an easier way to think about it. There's, I'm never going to be solved. I'm never going to be cured of my desire to stop at a McDonald's drive-thru and order the menu, the whole thing. Give me one of everything and two Big Macs. And if you can, an extra side of the fancy Big Mac sauce. Because that's some part of me is drawn to doing that. Um, that doesn't go away for me. Uh, I just learn to live a healthier life bit by bit, day by day, taking it a day at a time um, and confronting these things as they come up and being prepared and also prepared for being unprepared for situations that I couldn't have imagined. And what am I going to do in those, right? How am I going to get through it? Um, but uh, wanting it to be done tomorrow never worked. I always had relapses basically where I gained weight again every single time. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Thank you for that answer. Yeah. And thank Stephen, you. And thank, thank you, Stephen. you for your question. Yeah. Awesome. If you have a question that you would like answered on this podcast by Ethan, please email it to us at AmericanGlutton.net. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee. You can follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely.